Victory Podcast. The Titans go to Cincinnati and get bit by the Tiger. Joe Exotic puts it on the Titans, and uh, they walk away with another loss. Welcome in to the second of Victory Podcast. My name is Austin Nelson, and uh, my guys are laughing at me. Brett Bachelor and Chris <laughs> Carter with the cheesy Easy, intro. Easily the best intro we've ever had on this That's podcast. It might have been. Without a doubt. Easily. I remember uh, when, when Joe Burrow got drafted, I I, I thought of it beforehand, <laughs> and I'm sure I wasn't the only one, but I tweeted out a picture and said, I'm buying this now. And it just said, like, or I said, Joe, at Joey B, you should you should make this your jersey. And it would just it said Joe Exotic on it because that was right around the time Tiger King was massive in the country. So, and he went um, from the LSU Tigers to the Cincinnati Bengals, which it still counts. And, and I mean, um, it works. They're like the cousins of each other, cat cousins. Uh, <laughs> You're still rolling with it. Isn't it, isn't a Bengal a form of Tiger though? And then the it Bengal is, Tiger. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I'm so pretty cat, sure. Yeah. Cat cousin. <laughs> is it not? I guess. I don't know. Uh, Let's stick to talking football and not zoology. Um, Guys, what happened Sunday? Like, we we talked about it last week, how it was not going to be a trap game, and that's exactly what it was. The Titans literally walked into a tiger trap. I'm done. (laughs) I'm done with it. I'm done with it. And uh, they just were flat from the get-go. Um, another, I think, I think the, the Bengals started with like a six minute drive, a couple third down conversions. Um, we'll talk about that in a second, but just initial thoughts on the game. Like what y'all, what did y'all, what y'all think? What did you see? What were you mad about? Uh, you know, to me, bro, it was just frustrating. That's all you can really say. Cause you, you even against the team that came in at, at one, five and one, you expect the defense to do, at least do better. And, again, we saw third and 11, third and 12, third and six, third and three, fourth and six. All of them converted. So, even against the team – so, you expect a team like the Titans going up against the Cincinnati team, who's not good, to at least show up. And the Titans didn't show up <clears throat> until about halfway through the fourth quarter, honestly. And so, I think disappointing. Disappointing is really the only word I can use, honestly. Yeah, Um Hard to choose another word to describe it, honestly. We, we knew coming into it that, you know, uh, Joey B and that offense were kind of clicking. Um, and, th- and then they were starting to put some plays together. And But we also knew coming into it that they had a second-string offensive line pretty much across the board. Um, and those guys were way hungrier than, than our defense. Uh, they, they protected well um, and just – no, none of our edge rushers, none of our blitzers, nobody could get to him. Um, well, I take that back. They got to him a couple times and they couldn't bring him down. Um, but you know, it's it's very disappointing and uh, just just to see the kind of talent we have in this in this front seven, especially, and the fact that they couldn't penetrate a, a group of second you know second stringers. It's disheartening. Not to mention. Quentin Spain, who was literally picked up the week beforehand, um, just walked in the building on Saturday and literally played like ninety percent of the snaps to the Bengals on right. Sunday. It, it it was it was frustrating um, to not get any sacks on on Joe Burrow. Um, 
a few pressures. They were close a few times, but Joe Burrow's special. We know that. Um, and he made a few plays to escape the pocket and break some tackles and, 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 and find ways to, to make some plays. Um, I think it was just a multitude of things. We could talk about how the running game works, and it's like Arthur Smith, you know, moved away from it too often. Um, the Titans rushed for over 200 yards, but it, it didn't feel like that. Um, Derrick Henry had 112, but it didn't feel like that. Um, I and, think, and not just Derrick either. We had a we had pretty much a three headed monster going. Yeah, and running seriously. back. Um, Shout out to Deontay Foreman. Yeah, you know, Foreman came in to spell Derek several times and mm-hmm. had great rushes. I mean, he averaged over seven yards a carry, I think, in that game. Um, and McNichols even broke off a couple. I think he had close to 50 yards. Um, but all three of them were running really well um, against their against their front. And uh, for some reason, Art didn't feel it was sustainable. Obviously, we did get down early. Um Tannehill throwing the the interception in the end zone was yeah. Let's talk about that. What, what was that about? Bad decision. Uh, Very bad. I think he saw AJ Brown open. AJ Brown pointed and said, "Throw me the ball." And it's the the safety. Um, I guess Tannehill thought he was you know stay in the middle, but just I mean it, it, on TV you look at it, you're thinking, why did you just throw that double coverage, Ryan? Yeah. Uh, with the safety with, with both guys, both guys breaking inward toward the yeah. ball as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was just a horrible decision and, and something we're not used to seeing from Tannehill in a no. in a Titans jersey, especially in the um, red zone, especially in the red zone where he's been pretty much flawless uh, his entire time here. And um, yeah, I mean, and and he even said to himself, "That's just a throw he cannot make," um, but he made it, and it and it helped put us down early. Um, and really, I th- I think that stimulated. Um, the the heavier uh, passing game. Um, Brad, I'll ask you this. So, a couple notes from the game, just a little tidbits. The Titans outgained the Bengals um, in rushing yards and total yards. Um, Joe Burrow had just had a, had a little bit more passing yards than Ryan Tannehill, um, but the Bengals had over eleven minutes, over eleven more minutes of time of possession than the Titans did. Um, and that had to do with, with mainly third down efficiency for the Bengals. They were 10 of 15. So, Brett, again, I ask you another week after we already talked about it, what is up with the third down defense? It, it goes right into what we talked about last week about how, how it's just like the Predators power play from a couple years ago. It's nothing that's going to be fixed just this, at the snap of a finger right away. It's going to be slow, slow moving throughout the entire season because – I mean, like like we said, the Preds' power play never really got any better. It was last in the league the entire year, but they slowly improved. I think it's going to have to be the same way for the Titans' defense. Like, you can't expect them to come out against the Bears this week and just shut them out. Like, like when the Titans went to New York a couple years ago and shut out the Giants, it's not the same Titans' defense. It's a totally Titans, different Titans' defense than what it is now versus then, and it's just going to have to be slow moving. But the, the number one thing is the Titans have to find a way to get off the field. I don't care if it's on – third and 12 or fourth and two, or, or if you force fumble on second down or third down, force a turnover and get off the field because Chris and I talked earlier in the year about how the Titans were leading time of possession. And now the Titans aren't even close to leading time of possession. And I, as we mentioned last week too, teams are finding out the best way to beat the Titans 
is to keep their defense on the field and their offense off the field because they know the Titans are going to score. So really all the Titans have to do is just find a way, doesn't matter how, just get off the field as soon as you can because that's the best way for them to win right now. And and one, one thing we don't talk about, uh, which I think is also a problem, not only that we can't get off the off the field on third down, we can't get off the field on fourth down either. Uh, the team is five of seven, I think, on fourth down conversions, uh, allowing five of seven. Uh, and that just can't happen either. Uh, you know, I don't know the yardage on any of those. I'm sure some of those are, you know, inches and that sort of thing, which are, are really hard to stop, obviously. Yeah. But um, but just the the percentage that we're giving up on third and fourth down uh, is awful. I will say this too, a few of those third down plays that Joe Burrow made um, were great catches by the receiver. T Higgins yeah. had a great catch. Um, Tyler Boyd, I think, had another good catch. And on that fourth and fourth and fourth down uh, where the Bengals iced the game, um, Joe Burrow just threw the ball. And uh, Tyler Boyd, if I'm Tyler Boyd, wrong, yeah. yeah, just turned around and, and literally just caught it like on a shoulder. So it was yeah. just incredible catches. Great spot. They had it was their day. Um, the Bengals, I'll say, Alden Tate the, even called a couple on the sideline that, I mean, it, and lunged for a couple that like, who is Alden Tate? Yeah. Honestly, like, and yeah. and this dude's making huge conversions for them uh, against our against our defense. A lot of negativity we're talking about here, but I think a few pros from the game, you positives from the game we could take away were was Derrick Henry looked looked good. Um, Malcolm Butler looked good. Not sure why um, Bowen or Vrabel wanted to keep Malcolm Butler on A.J. Green. That's, I mean, that's it, almost like the Bengals' fourth receiver. Um, locked A.J. Green up, and five years ago, you would have said that's a great thing. But, like, today, who we know who A.J. Green is, that's not, that's not that big of a deal anymore. Don't know why they didn't put Malcolm on T. Higgins. Um, a few plays, shouted him with, you know, on uh, Tyler Boyd. I know he's a slot, but it, 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 I'm I'm kind of curious why why they're suddenly shadowing with Malcolm Butler because he's always played one side yeah. of the field. It's not, I mean, it's not a typical Titans defense to to have Malcolm uh, or any corner really shadow uh, shadow a specific receiver. So I thought that was a bit unusual as well. I and maybe it just maybe I mean I don't know maybe maybe that was just their game plan for the last two games and and they'll go back, but. It was kind of – I just felt it was a little unusual for them to be doing. Right. And it's a good segue, Brett. I'll, I'll open this up for you. Um, we knew the Titans needed help in the secondary. And we knew Adore Jackson was not – he was he was close, but just wasn't ready yet. It looks like he'll play this week um, against Chicago. Um, so the Titans had to do something. Guys, a week ago we talked about the trade deadline. And so it's passed now. But the Titans were making no moves. They were staying put. There just wasn't anything out there that we thought made sense. I ran off the name, list of names from Mike Miracles. Uh, Mike, Mike Herndon, sorry, Mike, if you listen to this. Uh, from Mike Herndon's article on BroadwaySportsMedia.com. And one of the guys that he listed was Desmond King. And it just so happened on Monday, John Robinson thought and, and saw, he might have listened to the podcast, and saw that there was a problem. There's an issue. And he made a move and, and went and got Desmond King and stole the man from the Chargers for just a six-round pick. Um, I remember when it happened, I texted you guys when it went down. I think you might have been on the golf course, Brett, and I, Chris was, you know, working. And I was like, guys, 
Desmond King's a Titan. So I think it's, it's obviously, guys, it's, it's a player the Titans desperately needed. Um, did not give up a whole lot for him. You, you pretty much swapped Kamala Correa for Desmond King with the way the, the picks, um, the six-round picks worked out. So that's a win in itself. Uh, Desmond King is a player who is the highest-graded slot cornerback since 2017 over – um, guys like Casey Hayward and Stephon Gilmore, who are Pro Bowl, All-Pro cornerbacks we're talking about here. And not to mention, um, he's an All-Pro punt returner. So this was a steal of a player that John Robinson got from the Chargers and a guy that um, could be here long-term, depending on how he plays. And, you know, if it's a need that uh, he, you know, um, Robinson thinks it's a, it's a long-term fit, then uh, so be it. But, you know, I'll, I'll let you guys talk about what were your initial thoughts and, you know, what do you think about the fit? Definitely excited. It. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a, it's a it's a it's a move that needed to be made, you know, and <clears throat> the Titans have obviously struggled all year long. And we're talking about the Titans needing to get off the field, and it's a guy that helps you get off the field. And another thing too is the Titans haven't had much honestly haven't had much pressure, regardless of a blitz or, or a non blitz this year, but he's a guy that can come off the edge, kind of a la Logan Ryan and what he used to do in the Titans uniform. Desmond King is 25 years old. He already has seven. So if you're looking to – if the defense is looking to attack Bill or open it up on third down, he's somebody that can come out that slot and, and put pressure on the quarterback. So it's definitely a, a good move and one that needed to be made from the Titans at the deadline. Whenever uh, Desmond King was coming out in the draft, um, one of his primary NFL comparisons was Logan Ryan. Um they play, they play the ball um, very similarly. Um, they, they both kind of lack that, like, top-end speed, uh, but they make, make up for it in instincts. Uh, Desmond King, I think, even more than Logan. He's one of the, the smarter players uh, on defense in the NFL. Um, highly recommend going to check out some of the film breakdowns he's done uh, that you can find on YouTube. He is He's clearly a very intelligent uh, football player, and – so having that in the secondary, I think, is also a bonus. You know, this is a guy that that has instincts and and can pick up coverage uh, where others may have uh, kind of failed in that role this season, um, especially primarily because we've been playing, for the most part, uh, two rookies in the slot with, with Fulton and Jackson. So those two guys uh, obviously don't have the experience level that a guy like Desmond King has. Um, so I, I'm excited to see him him out there and and hopefully you know it's this weekend with with a Dory out there too and okay. I texted y'all this the other day I think uh, there's huge potential that the Titans just took their biggest weakness uh, well, arguably their biz- biggest weakness behind the pass rush um, and made it a strength uh, with with Malcolm Adori and and Desmond King. Don't forget too that this is a uh, a guy who is not happy where he was in Los Angeles with the Chargers. So now he's going from an organization where he wasn't happy and they definitely weren't winning to an organization now where he a brand new fresh start and to an organization that's winning and to a defense where he knows he's going to play and get some help. So it's a definitely a good fresh start for him as well. And a solid secondary at that. Like this is not any scrub secondary, a bunch of young guys. This is a a veteran, um, 
secondary with a lot of leadership in Kevin Byer, Kenny Vaccaro, Malcolm, your, your dime package, your dime package is pretty much your Hawkeye package now with, yeah. with Desmond yeah. King and, and uh, Hooker out there. Exactly. And now you're looking at Christian Fulton as your CB4, which honestly is not bad at all. I love how we're talking about this now on a week ago. We're like, dude, secondary, like, <laughs> worst, worst group in football. We're hot, you know. But still, we say that, and we, we say it because in the, in the years past, the last few years, the secondary has been the strength of the team. It's just not this year. Um, but the defense hasn't been either. So hopefully, you know, I'm not, I, I, I told, I think I told you guys this, you know, Desmond King's not Titans fans. He's not going to solve all the problems on defense, but he may be a band aid. Um, that just kind of, you know, keeps the wound in there for, for a little bit longer until, you know, everybody's fully healthy again. Um, but if you could, if we could see Desmond King and Dory out there Sunday against the Bears, it would be a lot of fun to watch. The only thing I hate, guys, is that Desmond King's wearing 33. And there's Jonathan been a lot, of, a lot of history here lately with the number 33 um, with Jonathan Joseph sucking and Deion Lewis sucking. And depends how you feel about Michael Griffin. No, no okay. Griffin's fine. Michael Griffin's I love fine. Griff. So, Griffin's fine. Him. My, my Griffin, my Griffin apologist here. All right. I love Griff too. Okay. I'm just saying there's a lot of people who hated Michael Griffin, think he's overrated, but I, I'm a big Griff guy too. So I say Jonathan Joseph to say he is no longer on the Titans. Um, he was cut Tuesday along with Bo Brinkley and Vic Beasley. Out of all those three of those names that I just named, which one of those was most – maybe I said it's least surprising to you to see get cut Tuesday? At least surprising, easily Jonathan Joseph. Jonathan Joseph, yeah. 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 And, and I say that because obviously Bo has been a, a Titan for a very long time, and Vic is making a ton of money. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of feel like they, they might have hung on to him just to try to get every penny out of him they could. But, I mean, you could put – I almost tweeted this yesterday. I see, I've seen a lot of people like, well, but now you have no depth at, at edge rusher. Okay. But you could put Lamont Thompson at edge rusher. Yeah, I was three tackles. Say, exactly. Like, what, like what, you're not losing anything. Yeah. Like he didn't, uh, Vic did not bring you anything that you don't nothing, already have. So nothing. And, and, uh, you know, going, going back to your question, Joseph was, Parish Cox level bad and Lady Ray Wilson like oh, name the yeah, bad yeah. corner we've seen he's that. And after that game, it kind of felt like he was going to get the Nick Williams treatment. Uh, so I'm I'm glad to see it happen. Oh, everybody is. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean Bo was surprising just because he's been here since 2012. I mean him and him and Kern have been the the foundation of the Titans special teams for a long time, and so. I get he's having issues, but like he's a he's a vet, man. He's a he's a uh, one it's of the It's like best the first time in his career he's had issues. Yeah, it just it was weird that that John Robinson cut him like that. But it it hadn't been just the last two weeks though. I mean, he his snaps have been and and it makes you wonder. Like we all know there's something wrong with the the field goal unit. Obviously, maybe it started with him. Maybe the snaps were low. I, I've seen several this season that. Were, were questionable. And don't snaps. forget too, he's the reason uh, that Brett just he's the managed. Reason that Brett Kern's hurt right now too. Brett just managed to yeah, get low. He's the reason yeah, Brett Kern's out. He is. You you hurt. You got the MVP of the team hurt. Um, but seriously, so you know if, if the snaps were only good because Brett was Brett Kern was able to get them down, um, then you need somebody to to get you better snaps because Brett's not getting them down right now. He's hurt. So yeah. 
So yeah, no, no Bo Brinkley, um, no more Vic Beasley, and no more Jonathan Joseph. Um, all cut Tuesday by John Robinson. So um, you will not see those guys out there against the Bears on Sunday, um, but you will see a five and two Titans team take on a five and three Chicago Bears team. Um, and I'll say this, man, I think the Bears are frauds. I think Nick Foles is a fraud. And I told myself this, that I was just going to go in on Nick Foles. Um, I am not a Nick Foles fan, never have been, never will be. Um, I think he has had his ups and downs and people mistake the ups for all the downs. Does that make mistake all the downs for all the ups? Uh, Y'all know what I'm trying to say. Whatever. I get it. I get um, it. They, they see Super Bowl MVP and they're like, oh, sign the man, give him a contract. But when you do trust the man to take over your team, he falls miserably flat on his face. Call um, Jacksonville and ask them how that worked out. Exactly. And so, I, I, I mean, what more is he giving you than Mitchell Trubisky did? Mitchell Trubisky was 3-0 this season for the Bears. I get. I mean, he, he was 3-0. Like, what, why did you pull him like you did? Um, that's another thing. If you look at their schedule, guys, they beat all the wins they have are by slim margins. Beat the Lions 27-23, Giants 17-13, Falcons 30-26, the Bucks 2019, and the Panthers 23-16. Like, this isn't a team who's blowing teams out. This is the worst offense in football statistically. They're not good on the offensive side of the ball. When you have weapons like David Montgomery, uh, Trey Burton, Jimmy Graham, Alan Robinson. Alan Robinson, Anthony Miller. Like, they have a decent set of weapons. It's the quarterback that's holding them back. Um, a decent defense as well. So, I say it every week, but this is a team the Titans should beat, and they really should. <laughs> um, I try not to be a homer, but this is a this is an obvious thing, I feel like. The Bears are not all that. And so um, – Chris, I get your take. You know, what is one thing about the Bears that, that, that scares you the most? The defense. Matt, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, uh, you know, Dennis Kelly's still hurt. He did not play well uh, against the Steelers, especially. Um, yeah, I mean, it, the de- as long as the Bears defense has Khalil Mack, it's it's a scary defense. Um, so I think I think that's probably the biggest concern going into the game. Uh, offense doesn't really worry me, uh, especially if we manage to get uh, to to be able to see a Dory on the field uh, on Sunday. Uh, I think that's a huge help. Um, but I think the key thing to talk about is that they're potentially down what four offensive linemen again this week. Um, they have uh, two, I believe, hurt, and then two on the COVID list, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so they could be down four offensive linemen, just like the Bengals were. Um, how do you how do you approach going against that, knowing what what this defense did against uh, a, a second string all, offensive line in Cincinnati? Austin, so, you noted the the weapons that Chicago has. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Honestly, that's that's what scares me more than anything, and I don't mean that in a wow, look what they can do, but it all goes back to the defense again. If, if this Bears team is in third and short scenarios, third and three, third and six, we talked about how the teams need that that gap cover linebacker. Somebody like Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson and David Montgomery across the middle. Like if David Montgomery runs an out and then cuts back in across the middle, that can go for 20, 25 yeah. yards on third down. 
that's what scares me about this team right here is if you get in those third and fourth, third and five scenarios because the Titans don't have that gap coverage linebacker, then that's that's how the Bears are going to be able to keep moving the ball. So the Titans are going to have to find a way to get them in third and nine, third and ten, third and eleven situations rather than third and three, third and four. The Titans just faced Nick Foles a year ago for the Jags, uh, that home game here in Nashville, and ate the Jags alive. It, it, the game wasn't even close. Um, so I think Nick Foles is a guy Mike Rabel. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're looking at tape from 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 that game um, about that. But <clears throat> going back to your point on the defense, Chris, because like, I just looked it up, um, a few numbers. They are 12th overall in total yards per game, 13th in passing per game, 16th in rushing, so middle of the road in rushing yards per game. Um, but they're only giving up the eighth fewest amount of points. So – it's a stout defense for sure. And you're right, Chris, anytime you have to face a Khalil Mack, you got a game plan for him. Um, this is a Titans team who hasn't given a whole lot of sacks this season. Um, I, I would say without even looking at the numbers, one of the fewest sack teams in football. So don't make this the week that Khalil Mack and that whole defensive line gets four or five sacks on you. And don't make this the week that you make Nick Foles look like Super Bowl, you know, big dick Nick as, as they, as they call him. So. Dave McGinnis said earlier that this is a team that you're going to have to run the ball against first. He said because yeah. because they have the guys like Eddie Jackson and all that back there, the Titans are going to have to establish on the ground. And obviously, the Titans are a running team first, but this is not a team where they can just – how we noted earlier in the year against Houston and against games like that where the Titans can go downfield right away and, and open it up. This is a team that you're going to have to pound it against because you're going to have to push guys like Camille, Khalil Mack off of that line before you're able to open it up in the first place. Yeah, and, and that's a good point, too, because this is going to be be a week where you're going to have to establish a, a solid run game because you're going to have to convert third downs, yeah. uh, especially with Brett Kern being out. Um, it's You know, you, you don't want to put a, a new punter, whether it's somebody off the street or uh, or Tucker McCann, a field goal kicker, uh, <clears throat> handling your punts. Uh, you want to keep them off the field as much as possible. One more thing, and uh, we can go to our bowl predictions. This is a Titans defense that gives up the most third down conversions per game. This is a Bears offense that has the fewest amount of third third downs converted per game. So something's got to happen this week. Something's got to happen this week. Either the Titans improve or the the Bears improve. So um, let's hope it's the it's the latter of that. But um, okay, so last week I was wrong. I said the Titans would give two and a half sacks on the Bengals. They didn't get half and a half sacks. So that was a huge miss. Uh, Chris was wrong and said Dory was going to get a pick. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> apparently, whoever I make a prediction about uh, doesn't end up playing. So Yeah. <clears> Over <throat> two there. And then Brett was actually right. You said that there would be a 100-yard rusher and 100-yard receiver. Yep. So yep. Nailed that. Corey and Derek got that Shout out to you. Your consolation yeah. prize is nothing. <laughs> so – uh, okay, I'll so take we'll a Titans it. victory on Sunday. That's what I'll take. Perfect. That's exactly what they needed, just to get back on track. So, um, because, and I'll say this real quick before we get into it, because a week, not even a week after that, next Thursday is Thursday night football, correct? And that's I'm Tom first, Indianapolis. You got to think. So, let me stop that real quick. You got to think. The Titans are now, they're tied with the Colts at the top of the division, both five and two. Um the Colts do have the Ravens this week. This is a Ravens team who just lost to Pittsburgh. Bad taste in their mouth. So um, I'll take the Ravens to win that one. Could be wrong. This is at home in Indianapolis. 
But you got to think if the Titans do beat the Bears, the Ravens do beat the Colts, you're then another game up on the, the Colts. You you'd have to say, you know, you taste blood. You got you got You have a chance <clears throat> yeah. to take a, a two game overall lead exactly. and a three game three three game division lead. Yes, which would be I, huge. I feel like the Colts though are, are tasting blood on the Titans right now though. Too. Because sure, the Colts are seeing how bad the Titans have been playing these last two weeks. And if they go out and beat Baltimore and they're rolling with momentum on that, then they're definitely tasting blood on the Titans' tail right now. This is a really good Colts defense, too. Like, this is no – I mean, it they're is a very solid good. top top ten defense in the league. So, um, And Phillip Rivers knows how to play against the Titans. He's always had something against the Titans, too. The Titans have also had something on Phillip Rivers. I, I don't like know. It's been so but, up and down with that, um, that history. So – uh, all right, let's get into bowl predictions. And Chris, you go first. All right, um, I think uh, I'm going to go kind of kind of uh, uh, interesting here on offense. Um, I think we have four different guys with touchdowns this week. Yeah. All right. Oh my. Yeah. I I'm think. Gonna uh, you. I'm going to one up you. Name them. Uh, yeah, okay. I like that. I, I, I like got that. you. I got you. Uh, Derek has one rushing, and then Corey, AJ, and Johnny. All four have a touchdown this week. Three passing touchdowns then. Yep. I would have really, wow. really been shocked. Or like it would have been really bold if you said Ryan. No, Ryan uh, run runs one in. Like that would have uh, been even yeah. hey. or if he steps in says like senior Royce Perry runs one in or something like yeah, that. That would have been wild. So Derek, Corey, AJ, that's easy to remember. We can do that. All right. So yeah. I like that, Chris. That's that's because that means 28 points on the board against a team who only gives up 20 right now on the season. So um I love it. All right, Brett, you're up. I think this is a team that the Titans are going to face a lot of third downs against on the offensive side of the ball. They'll, they'll get to the red zone. It's, going to, it's hard to score in the red zone against this team, even as proficient as the Titans are. So I'm going to say that Steven Gostowski goes four for four on field goals this week. And I hate to say that that's bold, making four field goals, but the way it's going right now, I think that that's bold. Um, but I'll say he goes four for four on field goals. So, I mean, that would get you 12 points. I'd, obviously, the Titans are going to score more than that. But the way the field goal unit's been going, I say four for four on field goals. But I do think that the Titans will put up more than the 20 points that the Bears are letting teams score against them right now. But 12 of those are going to come from Gostowski alone. Okay. All right. I'm going to give – I'm going to give – it's a two-parter. Um, one, I think Kevin Byard gets an interception this week. Been preaching that. and uh, You need to stick on that one all year. <clears throat> yeah, because I mean, that was like last year when I talked about a door you get a punt return for a touchdown, which never <laughs> – will, will never happen. Um that his whole punt return, kick return career just went down the that, drain fast. Yeah. He was so known for that in college, and that just has not happened, translated in the NFL. So Kevin gets a pick, but I'm going to say the Bears convert less than 25% of their third down conversions. That's a good, good prediction. Night. I like yeah. that. So they're going to go oh, yeah. like three of 12 or four of 14 or something like that. So yeah, I'm going I'm to stick with that. Uh, this so right now this Titans team without Desmond King actively being on the roster, there's only 49 players on the roster right now. So yeah. once once he gets put on, once past all the protocols, he gets to 50. I, I mean, who exactly do you guys think the Titans either bring up or sign to the or in a door? So that would be Adore. 50. Mm-hmm. That would be 51. So the remaining two, I mean, who would y'all think that goes to? I don't think they do anything this week. Uh, I think I mean with the, with the ability to bring up practice squad guys. Uh, I bet they'll play Skipper uh, this weekend. They'll probably play Foreman this weekend. 
Uh, and then there's a pretty good chance that I think both of them end up on the 53-man roster um, with also the potential that Sonoris Perry uh, takes up one of those slots uh, next week as well. It's, it's not going to be Isaiah Mack because Isaiah Mack is, is now <laughs> on, 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 on the Patriots too. We forgot to mention that. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not positive. Any of those practice squad guys. My guy, Mason could, Kinsey, maybe? Could be uh, uh, could be one of those guys, uh, one of the punters that they brought in Yeah, for a look. Uh, I know, yeah. uh, was it Paul Kaharski, I think, alluded to Colquitt. Colquitt, yep, Colquitt. Um, but that was only one of four that they brought in, so – and Mike, we mentioned Mike a lot. And we're going to have Mike on. we got to have Mike on because I just mentioned him all the time because he's such a, yeah. a bright mind. Um, shout out Mike Herndon. He uh, also mentioned, is it worth the look? Is it worth the hassle of signing a guy like Clay Matthews or Terrell Suggs or somebody like that to come in and, and, and you know, rush the passer? Or Cam Wake? I definitely think Matthews is it's a look. They're a look. Cam Wake has had two grandchildren since he last played for the Titans. <laughs> what? <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you had me there for a he's second. That, he's that old. But, um, yeah, you have See been listening to the Second of Victory podcast. Again, find us on Spotify. Find us on Apple Podcasts. Um, make sure you subscribe, listen, rate, leave a review. Tell your friends and tell their friends and tell their mamas and sisters. Um, everybody stay safe. Crazy times right now. Um, the election just ended. And, um COVID is uh is crazier than ever so uh, stay safe and uh, wash your hands and as always tighten up tighten up tighten up